Hello and welcome everyone to episode 51 of the App EVs podcast. I'm your host, Chris Rogers, and today we'll be talking about the Aptera news for the period between February 27th and March 5th, 2022. In this week's episode, I'll be talking about more revisions to the Aptera of Aptera in the beta prototype, but they focus on some new images shared by Aptera, including a yoke steering wheel. Hello, everyone. I hope that you all had a great week. First, I'll start with a quick housekeeping note. I want to apologize. I, there was an audio issue that impacted recording, I think, the last couple of episodes, but I think I've sorted it out, and there should be more even sound levels, but I wanted to apologize for anyone who is straining their ears in a couple of the most recent episodes. Hopefully, that will not be an issue going forward. But kicking things off, with the 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 big news story of the week was was really initially revealed during the last Aptera ambassador call when Jason Hill, Aptera's designer, gave a brief presentation on the updates to the interior and, and the design of the Aptera. And they and then Aptera shared an image on Friday of a couple of interior shots, and I wanted to to talk through that. And so firstly, I went I wanted to say up front that overall I really like the changes that they've made and and so before I talk through these tweaks in detail I want to get that out that overall I'm very enthusiastic about what they're doing I think it looks more modern I think there's I, I it's hard for me to put on exactly what it is but everything just looks a lot cleaner and more cozy in a sort of sort of way um, without looking too bleak in the interior and so I, I really like it. But before I get into all of the changes and talk through those, I have to discuss the most controversial change that was revealed in these interior shots, which is the inclusion of a yoke steering wheel. A, a yoke steering wheel, for those unaware, is a it's a it's a style of steering wheel where it's not technically a wheel, whereas you know the steering wheel is typically a circle circle or, or oval shape. The yoke is more of a, a u-shape or there's cutouts in it you know maybe it's it, it's in something that you would see more in racing in like a, a formula one car um and i would say ever since the new hypercharged plaid revision to the tesla model s which included a yoke steering wheel there has been a lot of discussion about the inclusion of a yoke steering wheel in a regular passenger vehicle um, there are many proponents and detractors, and on the proponent side, many have argued that the yoke is cool looking. It, it makes and it makes the vehicle, quite frankly, very unique. But on the detractor side, many have argued that the yoke is not exactly great vehicle design for something that's a passenger vehicle, not something that's intended to be racing. It serves no practical purpose at least in the Tesla Model S, that revision. And it also seems to reduce the accessibility of the driving experience. And, you know, I don't own a Tesla Model S Plaid, and I've never driven a vehicle with a, a yoke steering wheel. So I can't comment from personal experience on either the pros or the cons. You know, that's not what I'm speaking from when I'm talking about it. 
Nevertheless, I will say that I do find the arguments about accessibility of the driving experience. That is, drivers with disabilities, there are attachments that you can add to the steering wheel that only work with a, a steering wheel that, that's a wheel, not one that's a yoke. And removing that literally it, it makes a vehicle less accessible. Um, and so I, I find these arguments where people are questioning the inclusion of the yoke and the Tesla uh, to be compelling. Furthermore, with a vehicle that's already conflicting with a lot of muscle memory for people who are moving either from internal combustion engine vehicles, from vehicles with four wheels, for vehicles that have side view mirrors instead of side view cameras, for, for vehicles where there's not an obstructed rear hatch and, and you'll need to rely upon cameras. There's a lot of muscle memory that Aptera is asking people to adjust when they move into or they transition to an Aptera and the yoke is just kind of adding to that, that added challenge. You know, it, it makes the learning curve a little bit steeper. I will say this on the positive side, there are a few things that I th believe that the yoke is going to, you know, that it has for it in the Aptera that, that don't necessarily apply to the Tesla. First and foremost, there isn't an existing group of Aptera owners that have been driving around with a more traditional steering wheel and now have to relearn how to drive their vehicle. I think some of the biggest backlash about the Tesla yoke and the reason why there was a lot of negative coverage of it is that you had a lot of people who were, they had a steering wheel, a standard steering wheel. They drove around in, the, in their car for a while and all of a sudden, you know, they, they paid for what they thought was going to be an upgraded version. And it seemed to be a significant step back. And, and it's, and it's because you know people don't like having to learn new things. They like what's familiar to them. Um, you know, when when something is innovative and new, yeah, people are appreciative of it. But you had this customer base, this this group of people that have been going around driving a vehicle one way, and all of a sudden, oh, you now you need to relearn everything. Um, and the second part is that it the the, the backlash is that you know, is the cost of the vehicle. You know, you had people reserving, uh, uh, I don't I think it's, you know, maybe around a $150,000 vehicle it, that's now suddenly more difficult to control or frustrating to control than a $130,000 vehicle. And, and so that, that's going to, you've had a people that are having to relearn new tricks and, and they're, they're, they're wealthy people that are being forced to change. And so, that was going. That was always going to lead to a lot of complaints. You know, we, and so with Aptera, I've already seen a lot of pushback online. And and to be quite frank, I also shared the ambivalence about the use of the yoke. But the fact remains that we're all that. That is, you know, we being people who are interested in Aptera and maybe reservation holders who are planning on on getting this vehicle. You know. We, you know, we're prejudging the design. We, you know, we may have valid reasons for prejudging the design, but none of us have been going around in Aptera and and can say that oh, you know, like the changes that they've made overall are a worse experience from what they're the direction they're going into. So that's 
that's one positive side or one thing that the Aptera yoke has going for it that the Tesla model does not necessarily. The second thing that the, the Aptera yoke has going for it is that it looks more round than the rectangular design in the Model S, which you know I which may be more more comfortable. The the angular design in the Model S, I looked at a, a number of videos and and pictures of it. It it just doesn't look that comfortable to me. Um, you know, granted, again, I haven't driven around in it, but that's just something a superficial difference. And the third thing that the Aptera yoke, and this is probably the biggest um, thing that it has going for it that kind of maybe mitigates a little bit against the a lot of the, the very justifiable complaints from Tesla uh, Model S Plaid revision owners about their yoke is that, um, and if you watch, I think a great video to see this, uh, Marcus Brownlee, he did a review of the, the Plaid revision that you can watch and he talks about this a lot is that in the tesla they didn't just change the shape of the wheel to to a yoke that wasn't the only change they also swapped all of these stocks that the stocks that are around the steering wheel for touched base controls on that yoke for example if you want to use the turning signal or the horn you now you don't just you know, pull, push up or down on a stock that's on the the left side or on the side of the steering wheel. Now there's a touch base button that, that provides haptic feedback that you need to press. And this added, this adds a layer of complexity and also really challenges the muscle memory for how someone controls the vehicle. Like if you're used to 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 uh, moving a stock on either side of the v of the steering wheel up or down in order to turn on the lights in order to turn on the turning signals and all of a sudden now you need to press buttons that that are touch buttons so they're they're not shaped differently you you're not like feeling around with your thumbs for something that feels like the turning signal you know you have to you have to look at this this the new yoke you have to memorize the, the position of it so that you know where these touch base buttons are so that without looking at the yoke you can activate these features on on the vehicle and yeah, that's that you know that's that's actually what Marcus Brownlee focuses on the most when he he basically in my opinion he gave the yoke the thumbs down where he he was saying it's like look I'm I'm a, a a a tech enthusiast i'm i'm interested in innovation but um it's not the shape of the steering wheel you know while the, you know there is a there is the the challenge of the phantom grab situation where with a yoke because they're removing structure on the wheels you know when you're spinning the wheel multiple times and around you know with a with a wheel you do hand or this hand over hand grip feature that you have to change how you do with a, a yoke because you could basically grab at empty air with the way that it, it's shaped. And it sounds like you can learn that pretty quickly, but when they, they made all these other changes, um, you know, they basically they, they tried to reinvent the wheel and that's what that's what has likely created the biggest backlash. With, with the Aptera, the yoke is really just the removal of the top part of the steering wheel um, as opposed to a radical redesign. 
And so, um, and and so the question becomes, why did they they do that? And I think to me, it looks like the reason why they opted for a yoke is because it's a part of the change to their side view camera system in the vehicle. There is now one of the other biggest changes is that there's another screen that has been added to the Aptera that is behind the steering wheel and the yoke design provides better visibility of this screen. That is actually one of the positives that I've also heard about the Tesla yoke. When when they removed that structure on the top part, you know, that top arch, um, that material on the steering wheel, you can see the screen um, that's behind the steering wheel. Um, and if that screen is, is now in the Aptera, if that's going to house or that's going to display the images from the side view cameras, then drivers will it will be helpful for drivers to have an unobstructed view of those images. And if you look at the image that Aptera shared of the interior really closely, it looks like there's this vertical line on that screen behind the steering wheel um, that looks like it's supposed to be two side-by-side -side screens. So while it's, it's one individual flat panel monitor, it looks like that's divided into two sections of some kind. And you know, when they were planning on having those two small screens near the the window where the side view mirror would be, they didn't need to, they didn't really need that added visibility of the, you know, from, from a yoke. And it's possible that they scrapped the original design um, for a, um, for this, this option, this new monitor behind the steering wheel, um, with a combined with the yoke because of the legality of the mini screens you know that is I, I wonder if you know they were looking at the rules and regulations about having these two monitors in the corner i've never seen something like that before on any vehicle and maybe you can't do that um, in addition to the challenge of of requiring that reflective material it, and maybe it also seemed redundant and and didn't really look great and and also, I have to admit, I've never really liked the idea of these side view screens inside the vehicle. Something about it always looked a bit tacky to me, especially since the screen closest to the driver, it's it looks like it's partially blocked by the steering wheel itself. And so you can't really see it that well. Um, and it just looks like someone, you know, someone someone is doing a custom job or they're 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 trying to add as many screens as possible in a car and, and it doesn't look great to me. Whereas the single screen behind the wheel, that to me looks like a far more elegant solution and, and a much overall cleaner, cleaner design that, that fits with the, the vehicle. And, and it's, it looks like the yoke might facilitate the, the use of that, that second monitor. And so in conclusion, it's quite possible that the the yoke design is serving a practical design need of the vehicle as opposed to just being a result of a desire to create something cool to be even more more radical and that's consistent with the overall ethos of of aptera the decisions they're making are about reducing weight reducing costs increasing efficiency increasing aerodynamic design it's not about oh you know like let's you know, they didn't do three wheels because it looks cool. They did three wheels because it reduced rolling resistance and it helped them make a more aerodynamic design. They're not doing open open wheel design with those wheel covers because they thought that looked cool to, to create something that looks 
you know, like a Formula One car, it's again, because that's how they make the more aerodynamic shape for the vehicle. And, and, and so the, the yoke in viewed from that lens, it's, it's consistent with that. Um, and, and last thing um, I'll say, you know, it granted all of that and, and, you know, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt on this. I still hope that the yoke is an optional feature. Um, you know, even with the reduced visibility of that rear monitor, I think I still would prefer something that is a more traditional steering wheel. If that's not going to be an optional feature, then I'm sure someone is going to make an aftermarket modification part that you can use to basically fill in that, that gap. And I will be, I will be the first in line to, to pick that up. Um, with, with that out of the way, now I'd like to discuss the other numerous changes to the interior of the vehicle beyond just the, the yoke steering wheel. And I'll start with the seats. Um, if you look at the render, it looks like there's a new headrest cushion that has been added to the non-adjustable headrest. In fact, it looks like the entire upright portion of the seat has been changed as well. Uh, as initially the backrest portion of the seat, it was comprised of two separate parts or segments. You know, there was one smaller segment that was lower that came up to about halfway, the halfway point of the height of the middle console, the armrest. And then there was the rest of the back portion of, of the seat that went all the way up to the headrest. Now the backrest is one solid segment that has an open space at neck level and, and then there's a new cushion at the head level. Comparing images of this new render with older interior shots, it makes the rest of the seat design appear to be the same. It's impossible to tell if there's been a change in materials, but I would expect that to be the same as well. Um, the, the last change to the seats relates to the seat belts, which now have um, they now slide through a clip that's at the shoulder area of the seat so that when they're not in use, they, they look like a, a stripe down the outside edge of the seat. Next up, I touched on this before briefly, but they've removed the two smaller screens for the side view cameras and they've replaced them with a single screen behind the steering wheel, an area that most cars display the speedometer um, as well as other information. And I mentioned this before that the vertical line in the image makes it look like the new screen houses the video from the two side view cameras. But I'm curious if they're going to make other changes to the, the UX UI. For example, you know, are they also considering moving the speedometer back to that screen behind the steering wheel, you know, from moving it from it? Right now it's in the upper left hand corner of the center console screen. Um, and, and so will they leave it there or will now that they have a screen there, will they, they move it back? That would be a more traditional position. Um, also, you know, will the smaller the screen, will it display other information about your, your route or vehicle status in, in addition to just being the screen for the side view cameras? I'm, I'm very curious to, to know about what other changes. Um, I'm also, I, I wonder about. One thing that I'm wondering, if the side view cameras are going to be displayed in that screen behind the steering wheel, I'm, I'm curious about the, the, the ease of, of doing that. I, I wonder if that's, that's actually maybe a, a more practical and a, 
Um, I wonder if there's there's safety gains from putting it there because you know right now if you if you're in a regular vehicle in order to look at the side view mirrors that means that you have to take your eyes off the road in front of you even if it's for just a, a few seconds to glance to the left or to the right to look into those side view mirrors and even then there's still the blind spot and that if your car does not have you know a, a blind spot monitor or sensor you can miss information but if the side view cameras will be displaying on a live feed behind the steering wheel. That means that instead of looking to the left or right, you will be briefly you you'll be keeping your line your line of sight forward and briefly glancing down to see what's to the left or what's to the right of the vehicle. And so you know maybe that will be an improvement. So sticking with the steering wheel yoke area of the car, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep calling it a steering wheel even though it's technically no longer a wheel just because. That's the term for it that I'm most used to. But there are a couple of other smaller changes. First, the shape of the stocks on the either side of the wheel are different. These are the stocks for the turning signal and, and for the lights of the vehicle. So gone is a more trapezoidal design in favor of a circular shape of these stocks. Also, if you look closely, it looks like there, there are two buttons that have been added to the the steering wheel that are above those existing rolling wheel buttons that are that are on the center part of the steering wheel and now it's possible that this is just a cosmetic change but to me it looks like those are buttons and so i'm curious what those those buttons are for it would mean now that there are four buttons on the the center part of that steering wheel another very subtle change the thinner console screen it looks like they've they've actually changed that because it has more rounded edges than you can see in earlier versions. And I would love to know the folks at Crank Software have made other changes to that monitor or the software that is powering it. They've also changed the shape of the dashboard, which which looks to be more curved than it was before. It's it it was curved initially. But the overall shape looks, it just looks a little bit more round to me. And one of my favorite changes to the interior is to the pedals for the accelerator and the brakes, which now, there's now a plus sign and a minus sign to indicate stop and go. So the accelerator is a circle with a plus sign on it, whereas the brake pedal is a bit of an elongated circle and more of a pill shape with a minus sign. And, and I really like that. that that's, a, that's a nice little neat touch. And as far as I can tell, the, the center console where the armrest is, that looks mostly the same, if a bit refined. I think there's now, I may be misinterpreting this, but it looks like there's a compartment in the lowest portion between the armrest and the center console screen. But, you know, that's just my, that's just speculation on my part. And the last change that I noticed is to the straps on the doors, which are presumably used to pull the, the butterfly doors closed more easily. Um, so those were all the changes that I noticed in the updated interior images. As I mentioned at the start, overall, I like the adjustments that the team has made while I remain skeptical of the yoke. Um, I think that there are still some surprises in store for the interior design, and I'm really intrigued by the potential of the new screen behind the steering wheel. 
Um, based on the reaction that I've seen online thus far, it's r really reaffirming my belief that it's going to be critical for Aptera to get, at, at the very least, some mules for their vehicle around the country and the world for people to sit in to see what it's like. Because, you know, the best case scenario is that people will be able to test drive Apteras at, or Aptere. I just learned that I was, um, it's written in an article, the plural of Aptera is Aptere, which is, I guess it's a Greek plural. Um, but they'll be able to test drive them at major auto shows. But, you know, there's, there's just so much new about this vehicle um, that I, I really believe that people need to be able to, to sit in. They need to put their hands on what looks like a, you know, I, I describe the yoke as controversial because there's uh, there's been a lot of please make this optional comments online. But maybe a bunch of people will, will sit in and go like, actually, you know, it doesn't seem doesn't seem so bad. But you, you, people won't know until they they get in it. Um, my concern is that you know for the company there's that there's there's a lot of people that believe certain design elements about Aptera are off-putting, and and so they're going to look at it and they're going to go, no, that's a deal breaker for me, and they're going to choose less efficient vehicles because and that's just because they they haven't had a chance to sit in one and go actually you know you know this this I, I think i like this uh, a lot better the the new monitor behind the steering wheel that i think is going to um display live feed from the side view camera is is one such example that, that i'm thinking of where i saw a video review of lucid air uh, lucid air is a is a new uh, luxury uh, electric vehicle sedan um and they're you know they're there's a few of them i think they they finally started their deliveries last year they're they're ultra luxury vehicles um and i was watching a review where they spoke of, the person said that there's a a blind spot mirror for the vehicle that when you're going into turns it, it activates and it displays on the screen of of the vehicle and it wasn't something that this person went in excited for or even thought about or knew about that they that they would like but once they saw it and again, other cars may have these side view camera. You know, this person realized, oh wow, this is this is actually even better than I thought. This is fantastic. And that may be the exact that that could be the situation with this monitor behind the screen. That until someone gets in an Aptera and sees what it's like, they're gonna have no idea that oh, you know, with the added visibility of you know removing the top part of the steering wheel and creating a yoke. Um, not only is this very practical to have this live video feed that includes a blind spot from the side view section, but, but the added visibility of the yoke is, is what makes it really possible and feasible and, and, and really and it makes everything, everything fits together and, and it works. Um, and so the, the yoke is one example, but you know, there's, there's so much in the vehicle the, the three-wheel uh, design and I, I think it's it's hard for people to get their their mind around um, you know some of these decisions you know for good or for bad until you experience it so um, you know just wrapping things up the great changes I, I like the direction that they're going in but but people are going to need to get in in this vehicle 
um, to to make this assessment for themselves to let them to to decide that oh you know this is good this is this is bad and um, I'm I'm excited to see more continued developments of the vehicle. The next news story of the week is a cool video from Aptera about myths that the company um, is trying to debunk. And shout out to Quincy, Aptera's digital marketing manager, for presenting on the video. In, in this video, they basically go through and correct a lot of the common misconceptions that, that you'll hear from people when you show them the vehicle and, and you see in comments online all of the time. Um, and so for anyone who, you know, if there is anyone from Aptera who listens to this podcast, I, I would like to thank you and the rest of the team, you know, personally for myth number three that they address, which is that you will not be able to see Aptera's wheel covers while driving the vehicle and on the road. You know, I've been guilty of perpetuating this myth a bit um, on this podcast by wondering aloud whether or not you'll be able to see adequately um, the wheel covers and judge the distance from a curb or other vehicles or other objects. And it wasn't until the video from the track testing of the beta prototype that I started to believe that, you know, maybe this won't be so much of an issue. Um, the, the Aptera team has, as in, in this video, they went and, and provided a video shop from the driver position of the vehicle so you could see what it's like and, and what you can actually see. And from that angle, it's it's very easy to see the wheel cover on the driver's side of the vehicle. And, and so that, that makes me feel a lot more comfortable. However, I couldn't actually see um, from the shot that they had if you could see the top of the wheel cover on the other side of the vehicle. And so, you know, that's that's just another thing that I'm really eager to sit inside in Aptera to, to see um you know see if i can get a sense of you know what it's possible to see and 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 judge that distance um also relevant to the 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 wheel cover visibility the uh, one of the myths that they tackled is the ease of parking uh in aptera which made me realize that i haven't quite adjusted my mind around the fact that the butterfly doors negate one of the biggest issues with the vehicle width you know, when I saw the numbers for the vehicle, I think it's as wide as an F-150 and, and, and co-founder Chris Anthony has used that phrasing a lot in terms of the width. And, and he used that to, to talk about, you know, it's actually, it's not a, a small vehicle and it, it's quite comfortable to be in. Whereas that's kind of, for me, I thought that was more alarming because it, it seemed maybe it was a bit too, too big. But, you know, and this is something that others have mentioned before when they, when they talk about the vehicle, with vertically opening doors, it means that you don't need as much space on either side of the vehicle to get in and out. And that's one of the big issues with, with a vehicle that's super wide. You think about getting in a parking space, if the vehicle is really wide, um, then when the doors are open, you know, it's just, yeah, I, I, it, apart from parking, it, it just it seems that a lot of practicality is reduced. But with butterfly doors, you know, it, it just doesn't, it's like, yeah, you know, if you just did the, the actual, you know, wheel cover to wheel color well, with like, yeah, you know, you would need more space in order to get into, 
like a very, very narrow parking spot, but it that wouldn't really be that big of an issue. And you can see from the video that when you have the doors um, fully open, they, they, they only extend a little bit further beyond the width of the wheel covers. And so that 88 inches, that width, you know, um, you know, fully open doors, you know, it, it's not that much beyond that. Um, and, and when they're fully open, you know, you, you can probably get in pretty easy. You, you can get in as easy as possible in and out of the vehicle. Whereas in contrast with a, with normal doors on a vehicle, um, if you open the door all of the way, you know, that's, that's going to be a huge extension of the width of, of the vehicle. And so you, you kind of need a lot of room you know, to either side, because in order to open up the door all the way, um, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd need, you'd need a lot of, of, of space. Um, and so if you only open the door, a normal door, the same width that the butterfly doors on the Aptera extend from the vehicle, that's like just enough room to barely squeeze in and out. Whereas Aptera fully opened, that's the easiest it's going to be. And it only goes a little bit wider. And so that's a, that's just something to keep in mind when I when I'm just thinking about it, it's like ah oh, you know you know why does an F-150 but it's like yeah um, why does an F-150 but like that's 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 basically the the maximum width whereas whereas normal cars are actually far wider you know they're like tank width when you open the doors all the way and so great job to the Aptera team on this video um, it's this is definitely something you check out the full video but it's definitely something to share with anyone you know who has expressed skepticism about some of the practical challenge of driving in Aptera, because I think it'll it'll provide a lot of, you know, it'll maybe clear up some of the issues and questions that people have about the vehicle. And that concludes episode 51 of the EVs podcast. I hope that you found this episode interesting. Um, and if you enjoy the podcast, please tell a friend so that we can continue to grow the Aptera movement. I also include my referral link in the show notes. And so for $30 off your refundable $100 deposit on Aptera, you can use my referral link. Um, the App EVs podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple and Google Podcasts and Anchor FM. If you have any questions or feedback, including corrections, please send those to appevspodcast at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter at app underscore EVs podcast. You can also send audio messages through the podcasting website. Thank you to OS50 for the song Movies, and in the words of Jeff Kanata, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.